This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, folks, you know what today is? Today is 420. Smoke weed every day. No, don't do that. Uh, terrible idea. Terrible idea. Uh, welcome back. Uh, happy 420. You're celebrating. Which, by the way, apparently, we are talking about this earlier, apparently stems from there's some group of high school students in the 70s. They kind of, some of them had sort of a peripheral connection to some of the people around the Grateful Dead. Apparently 420 just came from like, you know, the time of day after school, you get together and, and spark up. Apparently. There's always been all kinds of mystery and fascination around 420. Why is that? What does that have to do with marijuana? It's also Hitler's birthday, too, which is kind of awkward. But, uh, yeah, it is kind of the marijuana day. I know there's a rally planned for later today, I think down at City Hall, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, But I think it's an opportunity maybe for marijuana activists to take a bit of a victory lap. I know they're not all entirely happy with all aspects of what's in the government bill. But, I mean, the government's legalizing marijuana. That was unthinkable. You know, I dare say even a decade ago, but certainly two decades ago. Right? When was it when the Kretschian government first started musing about maybe decriminalization? That was the early 2000s, I think, wasn't it? And then that never really went anywhere. And even that was seen as, as radical. So the notion of full-blown legalization, it just seemed like, well, that's never going to happen. I think certainly public opinion has, has evolved on this, has started to change on this. I, I think at the same time, too, seeing U.S. states go down this path. And the fact that the sky really hasn't fallen in Colorado or Washington, and you're going to see California legalized soon, and other states will follow, that it's just doesn't seem as shocking and radical anymore. But I mean, just take a step back and appreciate that it's happened, I guess, if, if you're enthusiastic about these things. To me, look, I'm not a not a smoker. In fact, never have. To me, it's just it's a civil liberties issue. Just like I don't own a gun, uh, and I'll certainly defend the rights of gun owners and make the case that governments should leave law-abiding gun owners alone. Same thing here. You're a weed smoker. <laughs> I got no issue with you. You're not hurting anybody else. We don't need the government to protect you from yourself. So that's always been, to me, the compelling case against prohibition. It just doesn't make any sense. It's a civil liberties issue. That said, if it's going to happen, I guess we need to figure out how we want it to work. And that's going to speak to, I guess, what we want the overarching goal to be. Is it just a free-for-all? Do we not care? You know, hey, whatever, go for it. Or do we want it tightly controlled? Do we want to try to discourage people from smoking marijuana? When it comes to tobacco, there's a really clearly stated goal that we want to reduce tobacco consumption. We don't want to make it illegal, but we want to reduce the consumption rates. And we have, quite dramatically, in fact, when you look at it over 20, 30 years. So we've done that by sharply increasing taxes. We've done that through severe restrictions on marketing now you can only you can't even display the packages in the store anymore we've got graphic warning labels on the packages the ones that you're not allowed to see in the store seems a little contradictory 
want the packages to be anti-smoking billboards, but somehow allowing that to be shown somehow still promotes the product. And obviously, we've also made it very difficult to smoke anywhere other than, well, your house, basically, I guess. When it comes to alcohol, it's it's a different story. Right? We've, we still allow alcohol marketing on TV. In fact, we've expanded it. it. Used to be you weren't allowed to advertise spirits on television. You can now see ads for scotch and uh, whiskey, other kinds of whiskey, rather. Right? So... We've got very different approaches to alcohol and tobacco. And so there's a lot of different schools of thought on where marijuana falls. Because it's got issues, I guess, that overlap with both. Question of where it should be sold. Got a a text here from Heather who says, Rob, I think the people who should sell pot, people who run the head shops. You ever been in one? They're all very well versed in cannabis culture. They know the strains. They have the equipment you need to use the product. To me, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I've I got no problem with that at all. And that does make sense. Uh, this text from Gord says, well, who needs retail if you can grow up to four plants yourself? Yeah, that's true. I guess you got to buy the seeds somewhere. Uh, another text here says, uh, Rob, I'm sure the NDP have some special taxes in mind for Mary Jane. Don't worry about that. Another text here points out that Trudeau was going to legalize it in the early 80s. In fact, going back even further into the 70s, there was that big Senate report that called for legalization. And we were speaking a while ago with activist Dana Larson. I said to him, I said, why aren't you guys celebrating? You guys have won. And he says, well, you know, Rob, back in the 70s, they thought they'd won too. The activists at the time thought that they'd, you know, won the battle that they were able to declare victory because of that report, because it looked as though maybe things were going in that direction. It didn't happen. Uh, Another text here says, Rob, imagine how minimal this argument against pot will seem when we start talking about legalizing opioids to stop all the ODs. Well, I don't know if that's tongue-in-cheek or not. I'm not aware of anybody calling for that. Uh, And certainly some of the opioids that people are using and getting hooked on are legal, basically, in the sense that the doctor says, here, go take this prescription. Here's this painkiller I want you to take. Uh, But no, I don't know that that's part of the conversation or that anybody's making that argument. Now, certainly you can look at a country like Portugal that did decriminalize all drugs. I think that's an interesting case in point, the uh, effect that it's had which has been positive. Different kind of conversation. Another text here from Mike says, Rob, good thing we don't have a conservative government in power. The tough-on-crime ideology never works. Look, I had some issues with the conservative law and order agenda. But if we're going to be tough on crime, let's be tough on actual crime, actual criminals, where there's actual victims. Like, I applauded the conservatives, for example, when it came to changing uh, the the parole requirements for convicted first-degree murders. We saw it recently with, uh, with Douglas Garland. No parole eligibility for 75 years. That's the kind of get-tough-on-crime thing that I can get behind. But unfortunately, yeah, their tough-on-crime approach did apply to marijuana users. So what makes a marijuana user criminal? It becomes the circular argument where you're saying it's, it's bad because it's illegal. 
Well, why is it illegal? It's illegal because it's bad. Well, hang on a second. Why is it bad? Well, it's bad because it's illegal. There, there's no rationale to it. So, yeah, when you take a, a tough-on-crime approach and you end up punishing people who really aren't criminals, there's no identifiable victim, then no, that doesn't make sense. Uh, another text here says, uh, you can grow four plants without your neighbor smelling it and stinking up your house. Or you can't, rather, grow four plants without your neighbor smelling it and stinking up your house. I don't, know, I don't think the plants really smell, do they? I guess it depends where they're smoking. And if you uh, are living in a detached home and your neighbors are smoking pot in their basement, I don't think you're going to notice that. And it goes on to say here, Harper bought, brought in medicinal pot, did he not? Well, I think certainly there were some court rulings along those lines it didn't really give them much of a choice and and they did try to change the rules and then there were subsequent court battles so it was really not something they they willingly embraced but i'll give the conservatives credit at this point we'll see what happens obviously we don't know who the next leader of the party is going to be but i haven't really seen any kind of serious opposition from the conservatives to legalization so as much as it was unlikely that they were going to be the ones to do it I don't get the sense right now that they're going to stand in the way of this or that they're going to vow to undo it after the next election. But we'll see. I mean, Kelly Leach, for example, has suggested that she would undo legalization. I'm not sure if any of the others have, but it's possible. At this point, though, I don't really see any anger or outrage coming from the conservative quarter, and that's encouraging. All right, 403-974-8255. When we come back, we're going to speak with author Ken McGugan, who's making the case that Scotland should join Canada as a province. Why would they want to do that? We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.